Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. I want to say happy Mother's Day to everybody here today who's a mom. But I don't want it to, to limit it to just those who have, who have birthed a child. That's amazing, right? But there's ladies here today maybe who say, I was never able to have a child. But you know what? Motherhood is not just having a baby. It's loving. It's nurturing. It's consoling. It's being there. It's a spirit of womanhood and a spirit of motherhood. How many would agree with that? So we're celebrating everybody today. You know, I used to say, hey, everybody stand up who's a mom. And then I realized something. What about those who maybe, am I? I'm not sure. And we don't want that embarrassing factor going on. We want you to know this. Even if you've never physically birthed a child, maybe if you've adopted, maybe it's a legal adoption, or maybe it's just something where someone went, wow, you're like a mom to me because you love me, you nurture me. I didn't have a mom in my life. We want to celebrate everybody today in that spirit of motherhood. Amen. So happy Mother's Day to everybody. We're going to get into the message here today. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for an opportunity to look into your word. We thank you for an opportunity to see things clearly. I pray for clarity today for moms, for dads, for sisters, for brothers, as we celebrate this Mother's Day. We thank you for your goodness, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we ask all these things. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So has anyone ever noticed this? How many parents do we have here today who you've actually, you have children, doesn't matter if they're adopted, birth, whatever. Okay, so how many have ever noticed a difference between moms and dads? There's a difference between moms and dads, isn't there? I mean, it's just the, the way that we just do life. And I think it's a beautiful thing when, when a husband and wife come together, they have a child, there's a father and mother present in the home, and they bring these different facets. Now, if you're a single mom, if you're a single dad, I salute you. I'll tell you, I, I don't know how I could raise kids as a single, but I see single parents do it every day, and I'm just astounded. I'm amazed. And I say things like, it must be God. But see, there's a difference between men and women and how we raise children. Uh, we had a situation in our house just the other day. Uh, we have four children and, and four grandchildren now. It's wonderful. I have two older ones. They've moved out. But I have two younger ones, 13 and then six, who live in the house. And, man, if you know these guys, I mean, they just they love each other so much. They, why are we laughing? Because you know the truth, right? Has anyone ever heard of sibling rivalry? And one thing that you have to do as parents, we always reiterate over and over, family is so important. Show love and respect to one another. But sometimes it just doesn't seem to work that way. So we had this episode the other day in the house where my 13-year-old son, Ethan, you know, he's getting older and he, you know, he's, he wants his privacy and he's trying to figure out life. And so he's getting ready to take a shower and he's in our, our bathroom, our one bathroom. We have a one bathroom home. It is wonderful. You know, um, Jesus gives everybody across the bear and that's ours. But we have one bathroom. So my oldest son, Ethan, 13, he's in the bathroom. And Aiden said, hey, I need to go use the bathroom. And, and mom and I heard this. I see, see that? I call her mom now too. It's just crazy. By the way, happy Mother's Day, Mom. My mom's here with me today. That's so awesome. Yeah, give it up. I don't want to cry, but I am the man I am today because of what you've done in my life. The, here it goes. The wisdom, the, the love, the, the, the you better. <laughs> Good stuff, right? There's times where we got to do that because I strayed, but look where God's brought me. Praise God. But thanks, Mom. I love you. Happy Mother's Day. 
back to the thing. I'll have to edit that out of the podcast. So anyway, Aiden, we hear him say, hey, I need to use the bathroom. And he always, he always wants to do something. It's like, it's weird. You would expect the older one to antagonize the younger one. But the younger one now is starting to antagonize the older. I'm like, seriously. So anyway, he says, I got to go to the bathroom. We're like, you're not going to go to the bathroom. You're not going into the bathroom right now. You can hold it. You can wait. Your brother's in there. So Chris and I were in the other room. We're just talking. And, and um, all of a sudden, we heard like this little scuffle going on. I'm like, what is going on? And I hear the door open. He's like, dude, I said don't come in the bathroom. He's like, I need to come in the bathroom. And we heard a door slam and then this scream and this screech. And so instantly, as parents, what did we do? We just stood there. No. We, we ran to the bathroom to find out what was going on. And Ethan, you know, just out of, I think, response, had slammed the door. Uh, Aiden's toe, his little toe was stuck under the door. I'm not making this up. It was stuck on the door. I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I, I was already irritated because that's what us dads do. We get irritated. So I, I opened the door and I pushed it and I didn't realize that Ethan was right behind us. So, the, the, so it hits him in the chest, puts a mark on his chest. So CPS, we had to call them. So I'm making marks on my kids. I'm so irritated because now we're like, did he break the toe? Aiden's crying. He's screaming. I had to take a break. So I just go walk into the kitchen. I'm literally pacing around. I'm like, Lord, I will not cuss. I will not cuss right now. I, I will not cuss. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. What is going on? Now, you have to understand something. We have kids and grandkids running through our house all the time. Our big mansion of I don't know how many square foot with one bathroom. So we have all these kids running around, getting crazy. And the one thing they do, we always say, please don't do this, is they like to run into the room and slam the door before the other person comes in. Have you guys deal with this? The slamming door thing, let me in, let me out. So you don't? Okay, well, everyone else does, Shonda. So the slamming door thing, it's back and forth, back and forth. Do you know why I hate it? Because eventually there's a scream or a holler. Why? Because fingers or toes, fingers and toes get stuck. That's a little song. You know, like that? Fingers and toes. But they get stuck in the door. So I say, here's the rule. We don't slam doors. So I'm pacing around in the kitchen going, we don't slam doors. We don't slam doors. Why are we slamming doors? Now he's hurt. It might be broken. What's going on? I'm not thinking this through. And I'm irritated. See, I'm a dad. I'm thinking about the circumstance at hand. I'm thinking about the situation that happened. And at one point, like, I came to my senses and I turn around and I look down the hallway and there's Kristen. She's cradling Aiden in her arms and she's loving him and saying, honey, it's going to be okay. No, I don't think it's broken. You're going to be, well, mom, mom I, don't, I don't understand. And I, all I'm thinking is like, it's your fault. You were told not to go in the bathroom. <laughs> moms and dads are different, aren't we? Thank God for moms. Thank God my kids don't have to put up with just me. Because she's the one that brings that love. That's what moms do. They nurture. They bring love. We're completely different. I was thinking about when Ethan was just a little guy. Man, he must have been about maybe four or five years old. And he had come home, and he was outside playing or something. He got into a scuffle with somebody, and, and someone had, had punched him. And I was pretty irritated about it. And I'm like, did you punch him back? And he's like, well, no, I didn't punch I said, okay, well, here's the thing, son. You, you don't have to take stuff. You can defend yourself. You know, don't start fights, but if someone punches you, punch him back. Okay, I'm a dad. This is what I'm saying. And I go back to the words of my dad. I remember I had come home one time and got into a fight. Remember this, dad? My dad's here too. That Father's Day is next month, so we'll salute you. But <laughs> So I came home. Remember I got into a scuffle? And you could tell, and he went, hey, hey, what happened, son? I was like, I got in the fight. And he's like, okay, well, what happened? Well, they hit me. Okay, well, did you hit him back? And I'm like, well, well, doesn't the Bible say to turn the other cheek? He's like, it certainly does, and you only have four. So after that, 
You guys are like four. One, two, three, four. Okay, I get it. You said that to me. And I've said that to my children. I pass that down. There's important things we need to pass down through the generations. And that's you only have four cheeks. Anyway. So Aiden comes home and I, or, uh, Ethan comes home. And I tell him, you need to, listen, you can defend yourself. If you need to punch someone, go ahead. As long as they punch you first. So a few weeks later, we're in the mall. We're shopping, doing some stuff. And Aiden, or Ethan, I mix them up all the time. You do that with your kids. Ethan's in a stroller at this point. So we stroll him over to the kids' play area. How many of kids that want to go to the kids' play area? Like, if i got to suffer through Macy's and Sears, okay, then I want to go to the play area. So we go to the play area. We just get set up. We sit in that little area for the parents around the perimeter, you know, those little soft benches where you can sit. So we're just chilling there. We're talking. My oldest son, Jonathan, is with us. And uh, he's sitting there with us too. And so Ethan just starts playing. Well, we're talking, not even for a couple minutes. And all of a sudden I hear Jonathan go, oh, oh my gosh, did you see that? I'm like, what? What happened? He goes, he just decked that kid. I was like, what? So I just, I was so irritated. I get irritated a lot. I just realized that. We need to set up a therapy appointment on Monday. Anyway, happy Mother's Day. So... So I'm sitting there and I see this. I'm like, what? There's a kid holding his face and he's crying. And, and Ethan is, is just, okay, whatever. And goes back to playing. I, I stomped over there. I said, I cannot believe you would do this. I apologize to the parent. I grabbed him. I put him in the stroller rather hard. I buckled him in and we started wheeling out. And as we're wheeling out, I'm like, I can't believe you would do that. You don't just punch kids. And he's crying. He's like, dad, I just got in the play place. I'm like, well, it's your fault. You shouldn't have punched somebody. And through his tears, he says, but daddy, he hit me first and you told me. I'll tell you what. No, not punch him out, dad. When you preach for 30 something years, you just can't hold back, can you? Now, I instantly felt like, oh my gosh, I realized it was my fault. And, and as if that wasn't enough, guys, have you, have you ever felt that burning sensation like, coming from one side of the face. It's usually where your wife's standing. It's like this burning sensation. And like, you, you don't want to look because you're afraid to look, but yet it's wooing you to look. And so you look over and she, those eyes and she went, I told you. And I realized at that moment, I need to explain things a little better to my son. But here's what's kind of cool. Jonathan later, he says, dad, I got to tell you something. He's like, what? He's like, I was so proud. I was such a proud brother. He totally like decked this kid, should have knocked him out. And I'm like, awesome. But, but, but see, moms and dads handle things differently, don't they? Moms and dads are different. So today, look, thinking about that, I want to look at a few scriptures in Proverbs chapter 31. Will you turn there with me? Proverbs chapter 31. Today, we honor moms, we honor wives who really are women of noble character. This is what this portion of scripture is talking about. And listen up, guys, because today is for you as well. And I believe we're going to go through some things here that is going to really help you walk in a greater sense of freedom of who you are as a mother and even as a woman. Amen. We're going to read several scriptures here, but I want us to get the context of this. Proverbs 31, starting in verse 10, says, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts in her so that he will have no lack of gain. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and gives food to her household and a portion to her maidens. 
She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She clothes herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good. Her candle does not go out by night. She lays her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes fine linen and sells it and delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she will rejoice in the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the teaching of kindness. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Say amen to that. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Now, when we think about Mother's Day, we think about you know, teaching or talking about ladies, this is really where we usually go, right? Proverbs 31. And as I was reading that, some of the ladies were like, amen. And others were like, oh me. I want to continue today in our current series called Stuff Jesus Never Said. Stuff Jesus Never Said. First of all, what we've been doing is we've been looking at something that Jesus didn't say and then kind of clearing up the truth of what was really said by him or in the Bible. Amen. So here's a picture of Jesus here and he's hanging out. Looks like he's hanging out with the woman at the well, possibly. But let's just imagine this is you right here and Jesus is speaking to you and he says this. God wants you to obsess about being the Proverbs 31 woman. Are you comforted? God wants you to obsess about being the Proverbs 31 woman. I say this for a reason. Do you notice at the bottom it says stuff Jesus never said? Now I understand this isn't Proverbs. It's like Jesus wasn't around. Well, the word was around. But I want to point something out today. I think today we're going to help you to walk in freedom. If you have a heavy burden and you thought some things about this, this chapter, I want to clear some of those things up. Today is going to be lighthearted, trust me. But it's going to be good. And guess what, guys? This is for you too. I recently read something from a blogger. Her name's Lauren Aquist, and she wrote this. It never fails. Every year on the Monday after Mother's Day, I receive a flood of messages from women who spent yesterday morning grimacing through yet another Proverbs 31 sermon. Now, what you're not going to get today is something you have to grimace through. I want to clear some things up today as to what Proverbs 31 really means. Now, pastors mean well. I mean, we, we want to honor moms, and it's Mother's Day, so we go to the most celebrated portion of Scripture when it pertains to womanhood, and we start to preach from it. But if we're not careful, what happens to ladies who have grown up in this and heard these sermons, it can easily lead to condemnation, because you go, I don't measure up. I'm not even close to what this woman is doing. And so I want to clear some of those things up today. What is Proverbs 31 really saying? Why does it lead to condemnation? Well, I think it's too often we focus on the Proverbs 31 woman's roles as a way of reducing womanhood to marriage, motherhood, and domestication. When really, really, this passage is about character that transcends both gender and circumstance. So looking back to what we just read, ladies, when you were hearing these 22 verses, you're like, wow, this lady is amazing. Looking back at that, I mean, this woman is skillful in a lot of different things. 
No, I take that back. She's skillful in everything. Wouldn't you say? With everything. I mean, according to this chapter, she wakes up super early. Some of you went, I already failed. (laughs) I mean, I've got kids. They were sick. I got a newborn. How can I wake up early? And then you add on the fact that she has great biceps. Don't flex. She buys property. How many have bought property lately? She wears a lot of purple and she clothes her family in scarlet. I don't quite get that. must be an Old Testament thing. But how are you measuring up so far? That's the question we should ask. She cares for her kids. She gives to the poor. She cares for others. And apparently she doesn't eat carbs. I think she's gluten-free from what I can get out of this in the context. Now, I jest a little bit, but... I want us to get some clarity today so that we don't walk out of here in condemnation, especially as a mom, especially as a mother, a wife. You follow me? It sounds like this woman really has figured everything out, like she has got it all. So maybe you've read this passage before and you're like, gee whiz, man, I mean, I I don't even know where to go with this. I mean, is every woman supposed to try and fit this mold? And how would that be possible if every woman is different? How many would say we're all different? We have different personalities. We have different giftings. We have different callings. So what is Proverbs 31 saying? What if you can't cook? What if you can't sew? This woman can cook and sew and buy land and do all these things. Does that mean that you're not living up to your God-given potential? Does that mean that you're somehow living in sin? What if, this is a crazy question, what if you don't want to be the Proverbs 31 woman? You look at it and go, I could never be that. For, for everybody here today, I want to draw some clarity to this. If you have any of these frustrations, here are some things that may help you out. And we're just going to run through these quickly today. But I want to talk about five things you might not know about Proverbs 31. Did you catch that? Five things you might not know about Proverbs 31. Now, I believe this, that our confusion uh, around Proverbs 31, like most misinterpreted Bible scriptures or passages, centers around the issue of context and understanding that. And within that context, you have genre, audience, and language. So we have to understand some things about Proverbs 31. So let's look at that. Five things you might not know about Proverbs 31. Number one, Proverbs 31 was written by a king transcribing his mother's words. Did you know that? Now this king, his name was Lemuel. It was King Lemuel. And if you look at Proverbs 31.1, we don't have it on the screen, but it says this. It introduces this section by saying, the sayings of King Lemuel in inspired utterance his mother taught him. So think about this. As Lemuel's growing up, his mother gave him sage advice. She gave him wisdom. She disciplined him. He was a leader. He was a king. He was ruling a nation. And so his mom was imparting wisdom onto him so that he could rule better and be a better ruler, be a better man. And so he hears all these words. And then as he gets older, he puts it all together in this beautiful poem. And then he puts it out there for the ages to read. And so here today in 2017, we read what King Lemuel had put together. Now, we don't know much about King Lemuel other than what's revealed here in Proverbs 31, but his name means this. It means for God or devoted to God. And based on the one passage attributed to him, we know that he was a king, his mom was a wise mother, and that he wrote poetry. That's what we can find here about King Lemuel. Now, this is interesting. Commentators actually say that he, they surmise that he's three different people, possibly. The first one is King Solomon. 
And if he were King Solomon, then that would mean his mom would be Bathsheba, right? So they think maybe this was a pet name. Lemuel was a pet name, but it was King Solomon. Other scholars and commentators believe that it was King Hezekiah. Still others believe that Lemuel and his mother are fictional characters created by Solomon as a picture of an ideal king and queen mother. But here's the thing. No matter the case, would you say this, that the counsel from King Lemuel's mother is good advice for anyone in leadership? you got to follow this. This is advice for a leader. In fact, his mom says things earlier in Proverbs 31 like this. She warns him not to fall into the trap of immorality, of chasing after women because that will sap a king's strength. She says, be careful, beware of women. It's not every woman, it's just immoral women. And we've seen kings in the Bible who had many women from many foreign countries who didn't serve God, and it was their downfall, wasn't it? says things like this. She warns him against the dangers of alcohol. She says, a drunken king is never a good king. A ruler who craves beer and wine will pervert justice and act lawlessly. She's saying, don't be an alcoholic. Don't be drunk. Why? Because you can't think clearly. You can't think straight. This is important. Finally, his mother instructs her son about the necessity of true justice. She says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Speak up for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Aren't these awesome words of wisdom? Bottom line, Proverbs 31 was a king simply canonizing the wise words of his mother. Now, does that mean that we just throw them out and it doesn't matter because that was just for King Lemuel and not for us? Absolutely not. What does this mean? First of all, I believe this. If it's in the Bible, then it means it's inspired by the Holy Spirit to be there. So there's there's a reason that it's there. But as we continue this, I I think we're going to find clarity on the real reason that it's there for you, especially as women and moms, but for us also as men. Point two, Proverbs 31 is a poem. Until I studied this, I didn't realize that this was a poem. This poem is called The Woman of Noble Character. We read it verses 10 through 31. It's a 22-line poem, and it's meant to be a tangible expression of the book's celebrated virtue of wisdom. Now, has anyone ever read Proverbs through all the way? As a kid, I read it a lot. It was like, read your proverb of the day. We would, whatever the date was, we read the proverb. But what I find is I find this, this theme that just continues to go over and over and over, and it's all about wisdom. Think about that. It's all about wisdom. And even in 31, it's showing a woman who's using wisdom in her life. I mean, the author is essentially showing us what wisdom looks like in action. You've heard all about wisdom. You've heard all about about making wise choices and decisions. And then it all culminates at this final moment with this description of a woman who walks wisdom out. She lives wisdom out. As a poem, Proverbs 31 should not be interpreted prescriptively as a job description for all women. Did you hear that? I want you to hear this today, ladies, because I'm not making this stuff up. This is what happened. This is a side note I was telling my wife is when I input the notes, I put the notes in for you version so you can follow along. And what I do is I usually pop over to my phone and I just pull it up to make sure it posted. And sometimes it takes a minute and I just want to make sure it posted. Well, when I went over there, it wasn't there yet, but there was another church, and I thought, oh, I wonder what they're teaching. And I clicked it, sure enough, Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31 is famous on Mother's Day. But I'm telling you what, I'm not sure how they went with it, but I want to go according to the context, the language, according to the genre, what it's saying here for us. Bottom line, it's a poem celebrating wisdom 
and action. Isn't that powerful? It's a poem celebrating wisdom and action. And really, here's some good news. If you, if you don't have the skills to run a loom, you can still be a Proverbs 31 woman. So that's always good news. Amen. Number three. Now, this is big. I want you to listen closely. If, if I could only do one point today, this would be the point I do. But point three. The target audience of Proverbs 31 is men. You got really quiet in here. The dudes are like, come on, man. It's Mother's Day. Tell them what to do. I want them to clean the clothes. I want them to, what is a loom? They need to learn what the loom is and start using it. The target audience of Proverbs 31 is men. This chapter is targeting men, not women. Now imagine this, guys. Imagine going to that next Christian men's conference and you're like, yeah, we're going to do this. And as you walk in, the central text is Proverbs 31. Now, I think I'd be going through my program and going, dude, did we make a wrong turn? Did we end up in the ladies thing? But you know, this was actually targeted to men. Now, this is interesting. I started studying this out a little bit. And if, if you do a little research in Jewish culture, men, not women, men would memorize this chapter as a song of praise to the women in their lives. Tell me that ain't awesome. Tell me that isn't awesome. We don't say ain't. They would memorize this as a song. But in Western culture, what have we done? It's instead often prescribed as, as this to-do list to the women in our lives. Here's your task list on Mother's Day. Now run forth and go forth in this year and do it. Hopefully you can do all 22 things, right? But see, that's not what it is. It was, it was written to men. They would memorize it and sing it as a song of praise to the women in their lives. They would sing it to their wives, to their daughters, to sisters, to mothers, and to friends. Now, what I'm not saying is that we have to become Jewish. I believe that, that Judaism, which was the old covenant, God now works in the new covenant, but there were some great things that they did, and we can acknowledge that. In fact, if we're to look at this correctly, noticing that a Hebrew wrote this, he would be writing according to his customs. And if we look a little deeper, we see that the only instructive language, catch this, the only instructive language in the poem is directed at the poem's intended male audience when it says, praise her for all her hands have done. And yet many Christians have misinterpreted this. Instead of it being an ode to women, now it's a command to women. And then we take this example of the Proverbs 31 woman and we cast it as an image for them to replicate. You got to do this. This is what you're trying to do in life. This is your mission being a Proverbs 31 woman. Now, again, we never throw scripture out. All scripture is, it's intended to teach us, to train us in righteousness, to, to discipline us, to correct us. Amen. But we have to understand the lens that we look through when we are looking or visiting certain portions of scripture. I mean, if it's not true, then why is there a plethora of books and, and media and conferences and products that all point to a woman, the Proverbs 31 woman? All it was was this minor little shift from the intended audience of a male to that of a female. Now, we can all learn from this today, amen? But the problem is it's no longer presented as a song through which a man offers a woman praise. Now it's presented as a task list through which a woman earns the praise. Big difference, amen? And I believe it misses the point of the text entirely. The bottom line is this, Proverbs 31's target audience is men. So let me encourage you guys, run with it. Praise the women in your life. Give them honor. Esteem them. 
Especially you husbands, as you're honoring your wife, let your kids hear you honor your wife and esteem your wife. Notice the things that she does. You know, some of our stay-at-home moms, and you come home and you've got dinner and, and the laundry's done, and you never think twice about it. Esteem them. Thank them. And even if she has a bad day and some stuff doesn't get done, why don't you come alongside and help? But I worked all day. Well, learn to do some laundry. Let's work together. You're like, dude, you're just trying to get brownie points with the women. Absolutely. That's what I'm doing. No, but I'm preaching truth. We need to honor the women in our lives. Wouldn't you agree? Number four. This is cool. Proverbs 31 celebrates valor. It celebrates valor. The word valor means bravery or courage in the face of adversity. Now, the first line of Proverbs 31 poem says this, a virtuous woman who can find. But a better translation would be this, a woman of valor who can find. The Hebrew word that we've translated virtuous is the word kayil. In Hebrew, it's kayil, kayil. But I'm not going to do that anymore because the front row just went, oh my gosh, he's spitting on us. But it's kayil, and it means valor. Think about that. A woman of valor who can find. See, the Hebrews would cheer one another on with a blessing. They would celebrate everything from promotions to pregnancies to acts of mercy and justice with a hearty eshet kayil. Eshet kayil, which means woman of valor. I was thinking about it. It's kind of like the Jewish version of you go, girl. <laughs> so next time, like a friend of yours, you want to say you go, girl, just go, Eshet Kayil. And she'll go, what'd you just do? Anyway. <laughs> but why is valor so important? Why would we make this a point today? Why is valor important? It's because valor isn't about what you do, but how you do it. Valor is not about what you do, but how you do it. If you're a stay-at-home mom, be a stay-at-home mom of valor. If you're a school teacher, be a school teacher of valor. If you're a CEO, if you're a pastor, if you're a barista at Starbucks, do it with valor. That is what makes you a Proverbs 31 woman. It's not creating a life worthy of social media approval. Can I just... Can I say something for a minute? I love, please, my, my wife gave me permission. I love Facebook. I love Instagram. But here's the problem with social media. We start to measure ourselves against the standards of someone else's highlight reel. We're like, oh, look at their house. Look at their vacation. Oh, look at their selfie. Oh, my gosh. I wish somebody would just take a selfie when they first wake up. Guys, that's, that's what you do for your Proverbs 31 woman. You take a picture first thing in the morning, post it. No, I'm just, don't do that. I'm just kidding. You might be in a divorce that day. But what we do is, has anybody, anyone ever taken a selfie? Come on, raise your hand. And how many go with the very first one? See? It's usually 5 to 10 to 50. And then we, we get the perfect one, and then we run it through another app to process it, to give it some better lighting and make it look perfect. And then we post it, we're like, yep, that's just me just hanging out at the beach. That's just me eating food. Guys, stop taking pictures of your food. We don't care. I'm not jealous of your McDonald's, okay? But here's the problem with social media. And we start to compare ourselves to a highlight reel of someone else's life. It's a highlight reel. In fact, it's not real. Stop comparing yourself to that. What this is about, it's being a woman of valor. It's not about what you do, but how you do it. 
Because here's real life. Real life is doing what God has called you to do without trying to change who you are. It's doing what God has called you to do without changing who you are. Oftentimes we look at other people and we try to change to be more like them. But God's not looking at you to change and to be more like somebody else. He wants you to be the exact person he made you to be. And as a Christian woman, as a believer, you're a new creation in Christ. And he's happy with how he made you. You follow me? He's happy with who he made you to be. Stop comparing your life to other ladies. Stop obsessing about being the Proverbs 31 woman. Number five, the Proverbs 31 woman is not a real woman. She's not a real woman. Some scholars have speculated that the Proverbs 31 woman is not one woman, but rather a conglomeration of many different attributes, of many different praiseworthy attributes of many different women. And so it's been compiled in this one place for us to see what does it look like. Still others say that she's not a real woman at all. Think about that. They don't think it's a real woman at all. She's just rather a personification of wisdom. Think about this. As you read through Proverbs, I've read it many, many times, and what you continually see wisdom personified as is a she. Lady Wisdom, the woman of wisdom, she stands at the gate. She says, she proclaims. It's always proclaimed as a woman. And here you come to the very last chapter, this culmination. And here we again have this analogy of a woman. Does it make sense? It's showing wisdom. See, whether you're a male or female, you can use Proverbs 31 as a reference point to see something. Not to see the exact person you should be, but what type of person you should be. What type of person is that? Someone who takes wisdom and uses it. Can you see it, ladies? And you know what's amazing to me is Jesus said that he has become wisdom unto us. Do you know that our standard is not found in a person? It's found in Jesus. Our standard for life and who we are and what we're about, it's not found in a person. It's not found in even a fake person in a Bible scripture. It's found in Jesus Christ. Jesus has been made wisdom unto us. So as you go through daily life, no matter what you go through, those decisions you make for your family and for your kids, it's not about, did I clothe them in scarlet and am I wearing purple? Do I know how to use a loom and did I buy some property and plant a vineyard? That's not what it's about. Because for some of us, that's never going to happen. What it's saying is, will you use wisdom on a day-to-day basis? Will you depend on Jesus Christ, who's been made wisdom onto you for every day? See, we can do all things through who? Christ, who strengthens us. It's that life. That's the life we live. And then we live out, we walk out wisdom. And I think what's beautiful about this is that women and men can both learn from this chapter. Chapter 31, it's not just about, here's your prescription, here's your to-do list, now go do it. It's for all of us to say, can we walk in wisdom? Can I honor my wife and the ladies in my wife and esteem them highly? Can I read this and realize it's this beautiful Hebrew poem and it's trying to, to tell me something. It's trying to tell me what the whole book has told me. It's all about walking out wisdom. So ladies, if you're here today and you've read this in the past as a standard that you could never be able to live up to, take a deep breath. Can I hear it? Can I hear it again? 
It's good to take a deep breath. And can I say something that will probably sound really cliche today? Jesus loves you. It's not just a song that we sing in, in, in kids' church. Jesus loves you dearly. He embraces you. God, your Father, loves you. And, and the crazy thing is we don't have to look anywhere else except into the eyes and be in the arms of Jesus to realize that he is completely in love with us, and he's made you just the way you are. I want to be serious for a minute, ladies. It's not about a size zero. It's not about what Hollywood sold us. It's about who God has made you to be. And no matter what that looks like, it is enough. It's enough. And men, this is good for you. Because sometimes we have distractions in life. We need to realize that that wonderful lady that God gave us is enough. And we need to say it with our mouths. I'm like, dude, why are you getting on us today? I'm not getting on you. I'm encouraging you. And you know, you've thought it already. You love your wife. You married her. You dedicated your life to her through thick and thin. It doesn't matter. You're going to stick with her. Well, sometimes, guys, we have an issue with the thoughts coming down to words. Use the words that mean so much to a lady. I'm, I'm preaching to myself, too. Tell her you esteem her. Tell her she's beautiful. Thank her for what she's done. Esteem her highly. Eshet kiyail. However you say it. You go, girl. Might be better so people don't misunderstand you. But you go, girl. You're doing such a good job. Thank you for sticking it out with me because sometimes, oh my gosh, I can hardly live with myself. But ladies, just know this, that you are enough. Why? Because God made you who you are. And, and you know, fortunately for all of us here as we read this, wisdom works for everybody, doesn't it? If we walk in wisdom, it's going to work for you. Amen. So let me say this, ladies, happy Mother's Day. We got a special treat for you because you don't have to be a size zero. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day. My dad clapped louder than any of the ladies. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day. Be encouraged. Amen. Will you pray with me? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask this question this morning right up front. If you're here today and you would say, you know, I I don't know if I'm a follower of Jesus. I've never made that decision. I've never made a decision to say yes to Jesus, but I'd like to do that. I'd like to, to be with somebody who loves me, who says that I'm enough. Somebody who was willing to, through his love, die for me. Die for my sin. Completely eradicate sin. It's no longer an issue between you and God. Somebody who then went to a cross and after that was buried and then rose again. It's beautiful because he's inviting you to a new life. He's saying, will you be crucified with me? Can I take that old person you are and make you into a new person? This is a spiritual thing. And he takes you and he raises you to newness of life. He says, you are now brand new at the core. You're 100% righteous. You're part of the family of God. If you're here today and you say, you know what? I'd love to make that decision. I believe that Jesus died for me that he was raised again from the dead. And today I want to say with my mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. Anyone here today, just quickly raise your hand. I believe as we raise our hand, it's just an outward response to what's happening in our soul. I see that hand. Any other hands? Father, I thank you for the people who have responded today. They're saying in their heart of hearts that they believe that you died for them. You were crucified for them. They believe that you were raised again from the dead. I thank you now, Holy Spirit, that you live inside them to direct them, to guide them, and that you promise to never leave 
or never forsake them. We thank you for newness of life. We are brand new and the new journey ahead is gonna be awesome because you are along for the journey. We thank you for that. I also pray for all the moms today. I pray for wisdom in their lives. I pray for peace in those situations maybe they're going through. Maybe they've been given a a bad report from the doctor concerning their body. I thank you that you, Lord, are a healer. By the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. We stand on that promise. Maybe they got a bad report financially. Maybe their husband lost their job. We thank you that you are our provider. We trust you, Heavenly Father. I pray for peace and comfort on every lady here today. I pray that this Mother's Day would be a wonderful Mother's Day, that they can walk out of here realizing that there's not a task list for them to follow. There's a Jesus that they can follow who says that they are enough. They are enough. We thank you. We can count on you, Heavenly Father. We can count on you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.